This is a Rooster Teeth production. Every May 1st, for almost 40 years, someone has bought a full-page advertisement in a college newspaper. These ads have puzzling, bizarre content, and internet sleuths have taken it upon themselves to figure out what they could possibly mean. Today, we are going to analyze the perplexing Mayday mystery. This is Red Web. Welcome back to another Mystery Monday. I'm Trevor Collins, and with me is Alfredo Diaz. We're diving into another mystery this week. This one kind of goes into the internet, started in the real world, and transcended into the internet. Fredo? Ooh. I mean, you know me. I'm intrigued. Uh, <laughs> automatic. I'm like, oh, it, it happens every, like, what, May 1st? So every, that's, right, yep. that's right around the corner as of this recording. Um, Absolutely it is. So oh, I'm expecting that to pop up. Is it 40? Wait, 40 years? Yeah, it is, for at least 40 years, this has been going on every year. So I'm thinking someone's doing this and they're getting a real big kick out of it. Or they pass it on. They've oh. passed on their legacy. Yeah. Like someone inherited the role, like the yeah. mantle. I'd be very interested to see like some of the details and, and really crack this open as to why a college newsletter. Yeah, that's it's really particular. It's a it's an uh, Arizona newspaper named the Daily Wildcat. Oh, so it's always the same newspaper. Yeah. Same oh, newspaper man. every year. I would think someone ha- they have some sort of like personal tie to. That place. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a professor that's saying like, hey, we're out here. University of Arizona represent. Come in. Or maybe. Ooh, all the teachers are getting together and they're trying to <laughs> go viral somehow, some way. They've been trying for 40 years and this is, this is as far as they've gotten. Yeah. It's very weird. And I want to say this at the top. You know, uh, the Mayday mystery is quite visual because they are very visually complex puzzles. There's a lot of language, a lot of visual imagery going on. So as always, we're going to post some of these images and advertisements as they are on our Twitter page at Red Web Pod. And there also is a website tracking every movement of this mystery that I'll mention later if you want to explore anything further. But I'll explain or describe some of the key ads, some of the key puzzles that we have going on, and we'll kind of scratch the surface. You know, this is very reminiscent, just kind of diving in there, to Cicada 3301. The only frustrating thing about this one is it's it's like smaller puzzles every year nonstop, and they're so cryptic and so hard to figure out what they really mean that there isn't really a, a, a way to divulge the solution, right? So I want to set that at the top. It's, it's a very intriguing mystery, this one. Uh, but but the lack of solution is what makes this so mysterious. Uh, but we're going to dive into it. So this started really getting steam on May 1st of 1995. This was during the first year at University of Arizona for a man named Brian Hance, who saw a strange full-page advertisement in the newspaper, The Daily Wildcat. We'll go into the details of those ads later, like I mentioned, but he noticed it and it was like, oh, this is strange, but whatever. Now, a year later, on May 1st of 1996, Hans was once again mystified by yet another full-page advertisement in the Daily Wildcat. This continued again the following year of 1997, once again, on May 1st, where Hans noticed yet another strange advertisement. 
At this point, Hans actually worked as the webmaster for the paper when the ad came through. So at this point, he's very involved with the paper and starts to notice this trend. He began studying and archiving these cryptic recurring advertisements. And after looking through the archive for the paper, Hans learned that every year on the 1st of May, now known as May Day, someone was publishing strange advertisements in the Daily Wildcat. His search showed that this had occurred since at least the 1980s. And for some background, the Daily Wildcat has been around since 1899, so it's totally possible that these advertisements go all the way back decades, but the archives didn't really start until around the 1980s, so we won't really ever know. Unless someone, you know, has, has a box of these old newspapers oh, from prior. That's, that's a cool piece of info. Yeah. Like, it's been going for 40 years, but that's just as long as we've been recording it. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, imagine stumbling across this, too. You're just like, well, this is a strange ad. Anyway, and then the next year you see it again. I would, I don't know if I would even connect the dots. But I, I think he worked closely with the newspaper. Obviously, he was the webmaster for it in his later years at the college. But imagine stumbling across this trend and then looking backwards and going, hold on a second. How has no one really noticed this? Yeah, so that's the thing that's, that's the first thing that's throwing me off about this, is if, the, if there are these weird puzzles that are being advertised, it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, reoccurring once a year or whatnot, but if it's just like this weird puzzle, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it just sounds like it's something that really stands out. Oh yeah. Like when you, when you open the page of this thing, it's, it's definitely not something you'd see on a typical paper. So I'm surprised like it took around 40 years right was it around 40 years or wait so it's been it be? going on for about 40 years now right at the point of like at this time of the, the discovery. yeah at the time of discovery it's probably gone on maybe 10 to 15 years oh that's still a long time mm-hmm for to have like one person like really question it and try and dig into it then again like if i saw something weird in a newspaper i go yeah that's weird and move on with my right. life i wouldn't investigate yeah, you might think like you're only at this college four or five years, so you might start going, oh, well, this is just like one of those, you know, things our college does. It's just one of those trends. You know, it's just a weird thing, um, you know, and you might just not look any closer. But this person in particular, this Brian Hance, might have might have just happened to look a little deeper and connected the dots that otherwise short term students wouldn't have connected. And thus begins the kind of story of this mystery he re he's really the one that ushered it into the spotlight tracking all of these different ads all the way up to today and the kind of ongoing discussion around trying to solve them but at this point in time kind of going back to the story brian and actually nobody knows who is creating these advertisements or exactly why and it's also worth noting that these advertisements cost over $1,000 for a full page ad in this newspaper. So it's not like it's a small feat. So unless somebody is playing inside baseball and they have a connection with this newspaper, you know, that's a pretty healthy sum of money every year to be putting towards this ad. Yeah. So I was just about to ask that, like, how much is this, this ad costing this person? Then again, like, okay, yes, $1,000, a lot of money, but it's not like an absurd amount of money to make me go. This is someone that's like insanely rich. Like this is feasible. You can save up for this joke every year if you really right. wanted to. Like you could drop the Disney trip and say, I'm going to make this ad. Okay. So hold on. Really thinking it through like, so a thousand dollars during what time period again? 
So this is just in general. I don't know if this related okay. to the 90s or if this is ever present. Obviously, the cost of advertising would scale with inflation. So I imagine these are today's numbers. That's not too bad. I, I can see someone with, you know, even with just like medium income, right? Like a mm -hmm. medium level source of income doing this. And then someone with a lower source of income just saving up for this every year. Right. Like it's it's not obs like obscenely expensive. That's true. I mean, especially if this is like a passion project, just something that you're interested in doing every year. I don't know. It is worth noting. I'm translating this number through an inflation calculator from 1995 to 2021, and $1,000 becomes just a little bit over $1,700. This is all USD, but you know, it's not like it's not like it's from the 20s to today. Oh, it is right, the 20s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it's interesting. It, it, it definitely says that someone has a vested interest in whatever the heck this is. Yeah. No, de most definitely. Uh, hmm. Okay. Yeah. So these ads appear to be extremely dense puzzles, full of information. There's a lot of language, a lot of imagery, etc. But to solve these puzzles in these ads, one would need a wide variety of knowledge on various subjects, including historical events and figures, religion, languages, math, physics, chemistry, art, and many other topics like that. There are images, drawings, charts, maps, all usually in a collage style, kind of crammed together, and all very cryptic in, in a way. And there's a lot of Latin that gets thrown in as well. And so, yeah, it's very strange. But there also seems to be some kind of end goal because a lot of these puzzles mention a safe deposit box in Tucson, Arizona. And many of these puzzles, it's also worth noting, contain or use gematria, which is a form of coding where words and phrases can represent numbers, just a way to create a coded message. Okay. Now, once again, it's speculated that all of these ads are interconnected in some way because there's a lot of relevant or overlapping topics that transcend from one ad to the next. They might not all be in a linear kind of storytelling style of arc, but a lot of these ads tend to contain similar topics or trends or whatever. My question that I have right now, and this might be like jumping the gun, has any of these been solved or like decoded that we know? Or is that for later? So to my knowledge, there ha they haven't really been solved. And because unlike Cicada, where Cicada had a big puzzle come out with step one, step two, step three, etc., with a final end goal that was in fact found before they then released puzzle two, before they then released puzzle three, which is still unfinished and unsolved to this day. This one, it seems like they're saying something, but there isn't necessarily a provable solve. There isn't necessarily an answer that you can go, okay, no, this is it, because it has such cryptic meaning behind it and that's why it's such a mystery is it pointing towards a particular message does it lead to something like this safety deposit box it's really hard to say because of how cryptic it is so i would wager that these aren't solved or and that none of them have been solved but christian i would love to know if anyone's felt like they've gotten any ground or traction on solving these no i think you nailed it i mean one of the things that is so perplexing about this is that all of the puzzles are interconnected. So like you said, solving one won't guarantee a solution that leads to something because there's still more from all the other puzzles. 
So no ultimate solution has been found. So I guess my next question is, so is every year like a new one, like a new puzzle? Every year, a new puzzle on May 1st. And sometimes, and this is a tiny bit jumping the gun, but it's not a big deal. Sometimes there are update episodes or update ads, I should say, that come out that are smaller, uh, but they don't come out on May 1st. And they kind of either correct or update information said in previous ads. Oh, interesting. Right. Because I was kind of just thinking to myself, what if it's just mumbo jumbo? What if it's just like a... It could be. You know what I mean? Just over the top. But then again, to go... That's a that's an extra level of, of, of trolling if you're oh, also yeah, taking dude. out another ad to correct it. Like... Yeah. That, that gives it some weight. Right. right. It feels like there's intent here. Yeah. You know, because there is... That's a good piece of information. Absolutely. And when you look at them on a macro scale, because each of them are a slice of a broad puzzle, of a big mystery. And so the real reason why this continues to stay a mystery is because Brian Hans here actually created a website tracking all of these different ads. Now, I say that they're ads, they're essentially puzzles. I'll use those words interchangeably, by the way. But when you look at them all as a unit, you start to notice that there's a lot of through threads that whoever's creating this isn't necessarily making up messages, that they aren't random. There is definitely some continuity involved, that there is a deeper message here. And whether it's just someone flying off the handles or someone who's trying to make a cryptic attempt, you know, we'll get into the theories later, but right. that's why it stays a true a true mystery. And that's where the website maydaymystery.org comes into play. Brian Hans created that website to basically, like I said, archive all of the information around this and and start getting help from the internet because this started like i mentioned in the 80s before the internet and that just proves that whoever's making this whatever group or person it is knows a lot of a lot right there's a lot of different yeah. subjects involved but now we have the internet we can all talk and try to like identify what's going on here much quicker and uh you know the website and its forums contains a lot of that history and most of the investigation on the Mayday mystery. You can go there, you can you can look around. It's a pretty old website, but they also have an active Facebook group. But these are the only two locations that are really trying to diagnose what's going on with this particular mystery. I think another thing that came to mind too is that it's pretty awesome. And I gotta give a lot of respect to these these puzzles because they've held up for so long, right? If yeah. we can essentially track we can we can track and see them all the way back to like 40 years ago right just about actually to the year to 1981 yeah damn that's crazy that being said the fact that like 40 years ago this is being put out and the mines today right mm -hmm. with with all these you know advances in technology uh so i haven't cracked at least one of them that's that's something yeah now one other piece of information, and I know we are speaking a bit vague about these mysteries. Again, we're about to dive into some of the more concrete, what's going on here, sort of what do the ads contain, whatever. Uh, so you'll get a better idea of, of what we're talking about. But one last point I wanted to make on the website that I noticed when reading some of the posts is that Brian tends to refer to this mystery as the game in caps, like the game. And yes, you did just lose the game from the early 2000s, but... It's, it's interesting that he's calling it a game and a mystery all at the same time. I wonder if there's something else to that. But that's just my personal thinking. Yeah. Uh, referring to it as, like, the game, to me, just like, okay, then 
there's a prize, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a point to it, right? I don't know. Just more more just more information that's kind of like floating into my mind, right? Just an, a couple other those like little facts that stick out, right? Yeah, just a bunch of little like facts here and there that just are kind of giving me this comfort of okay, this isn't just some random mumbo jumbo like I was saying right. earlier. Well, the puzzles have certainly evolved from the initial one that we at least have archived. This is the first that we are aware of. It could be the first overall, but we have this all the way up to today. Obviously not the coming Mayday mystery uh, post just yet, but uh, they have certainly evolved in their complexity. So let's talk about the first one, or at least, like I said, the first archived puzzle from Mayday of 1981. It's deceptively simple looking. Now I'll describe it. It's mostly just words. But it says in three different lines of text, it says, quote, SR slash CL Richmond. The next line, it has five Chinese characters that can be translated to say, long live Chairman Mao. The final line below that says Mayday 1981. And that's it. That's the first puzzle. Now, Chairman Mao refers to Mao Zedong, the founder of the People's Republic of China. Now, at first, this could look like a simple message for Mayday, but online sleuths found many different ways to interpret this advertisement. Now, I don't know if that's a flaw in the system. You know, there's a lot of, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, right? Yeah. You can look at this message and try to pull out a whole bunch of different ways to read it. But a forum user by the name of Seth recalled a stamp that was issued in 1967 on May 1st that also read, quote, long live Chairman Mao. It's also worth noting that Richmond is a big name in the stamps world because Stanley Richmond is the owner of Daniel Kelleher Company which is the oldest philatelic auction house in the United States. Pause, looked it up. Philateli is the study of postage stamps. So now suddenly, in a couple weird ways, we have our foot firmly grounded in this realm of postage stamps. And I don't know who this Seth guy is, but I don't know how they dug out. Oh yeah, 1967, May 1st, there was a, there was a stamp that said this very same thing. And Richmond has a lot of context relating to stamps. And one last kind of almost English 101 style interpretation of this puzzle was the SRCL portion of this. A lot of users pointed out that this could refer to the compound strontium chloride, which is used to create red, the color red, in fireworks when it burns. And that is also the color of communism, the color of, you know, the People's Republic of China, right? And so you have a lot of this symbology rolling around here, but that just kind of lays the groundwork for future puzzles. That to me also lays down the uh, the groundwork for some uh, government conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. Definitely. I'm expecting that in the theory section. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, but you're definitely right. Clearly there's something intentional now right at least off this first one we start to identify some some key motives but there are several themes in this first advertisement that continue to repeat in subsequent mayday ads those are as follows right srcl tends to be common references to political or historical movements there are also common mentions of a couple key figures such as martin luther oliver cromwell john calvin and gustavus adolphus the word leitmotif is often used in many of these puzzles, spelled with a V at the end rather than the typical F, but for those of you who might not know what that means, leitmotif is a recurrent theme throughout a musical or literary composition. Basically, in my opinion, maybe this is a way for each puzzle to set 
the stage. They'll say leitmotif blank to basically say maybe what each puzzle or ad is kind of focusing on. But the strangest recurring presence in these ads is referred to as the smiley guy. It's a simple drawing that tends to be on every single one of these, but the smiley guy ended up becoming a sort of signature found on, again, almost every single Mayday page. It's a simple smiley face doodle with a nose, large ears, and a couple of little hairs, reminiscent of something that you might draw in elementary school. It seems to be custom drawn to each ad as well. It isn't, it isn't just the same stamp each time like a logo. But something interesting too is that the number of hairs on the head of this smiley guy tend to change. And so a lot of people started to look into that, that maybe there's, uh, there's something else that each element of these ads is has something to do with the greater puzzle, such as the number of hairs on this little guy's head. Oh God, the de- I mean, you gotta count every little piece of detail. Right. But like, oh man, like, I just feel like it's a lot of running into dead ends. Oh yeah. I mean, how close is too close looking? I don't know. But, but then also just like, oh God, you, you know, just how do you know if you're right? You're on the right path and then you mm-hmm. just think it's a dead end and then you don't visit it for a while oh uh, the thought of it just it's frustrating oh yeah so, oh so, yeah so difficult and right now everything sounds so mundane and so like a blase as it were but it starts to get a little creepy later on when we start to talk about the investigation and kind of diving into trying to solve these puzzles but one last thing i wanted to mention and i touched on it before but Hans eventually discovered that these strange ads didn't actually only occur on May 1st, but sometimes they had other dates. However, these non-May 1st posts tended to be much smaller. Hans referred to them as corrections, and many others referred to them as updates. They often included updated information on the previous ads, and so therefore you have to consider the fact that this is something that is ongoing. These aren't planned ahead of time. These aren't Hey, I made a hundred of these ads, post one a year, even when I'm gone. This is something that someone puts effort into actively every year. So someone's out there paying attention. Yeah, because I was about to say, what if someone just like threw a hundred of these, right? And then from there, it's just like this family's legacy Mm -hmm. that's passed on just for the hell of it. Um, But uh, yeah, that kind of rolls that out, just knowing that there are constant updates. Son... You must take up the mantle. <laughs> but why? What is the point? It doesn't matter. Just say whatever you want. Just make sure you draw a face at the bottom. <laughs> the family crest. The family crest. I've rebranded us, son. Dad, you're what? You're you're 59. Just calm down. <laughs> Dad, let it go. <laughs> let it go, Dad. You graduated 30 years ago. <laughs> Just shh, good night, Dad. Shh, shh, shh. Sweet prince. So we've got another particular ad or puzzle that I want to dive into here. And it's the 2019 version of the puzzle. It has a simple style with a border of stars at the top, semicolons on the bottom, exclamation points all up the left side, and pound symbols or hashtags all the way down the right. It's uh, it's interesting to say the least. But at the very top, it says May 1st, 2019, leitmotif, dare to hope. And then it attributes that dare to hope quote to Luther. And beyond that is a very religious sounding paragraph. Now, I'm going to do my best to read it as it's said. 
And I read this entire thing earlier, and um, it's quite odd, but I do want to read it out loud as best I can for the sake of those listening at home to see if they can identify anything themselves. Again, we will post a lot of these online, and I encourage you to check out the MaydayMystery.org website if you want to kind of really dive in and try to pull apart some of this mystery. But, you know, we're a little bit more casual on it, but let's dive in. Okay, this paragraph starts like this. Gustavus Adolphus has reserved Huss Hall at the Hotel California in honor of the 489th anniversary of the Confessio Augustana. An additional vat of full doctrine will be on tap to celebrate the exposure of the Pelagian devils as perverts and sodomites. Calvin will present the latest assay tallies from the Feather River placers, while Cromwell will deliver a load of pigs harvested from Grandpa's farm. And it goes on and on with some other strange word choices in random capitalization, but it's something. And it ends with, uh, actually, I wonder if I can type this in and translate it, but it ends with some Latin. But yeah, it's interesting. It starts And it starts talking about reform at the end. It starts, it, it, actually, I want to say this. It says at the very end with quotation marks, reform without enforcement is Camelot without Merlin. So these are some other very common threads that tend to pop up through a lot of these ads. You know, again, to mention Adolphus and Calvin and Cromwell, these are popular names. It ends again with the smiley guy, once again, with five hairs this time. It's... <laughs> it's you, are you looking at it here? Yeah, we got yeah, a picture Yeah, I'm looking for at you. it. It looks like a kindergartner. Hey! Like kindergartner drew it. You know, dad's got a shaky hand. Look, I'm not going to... I'm not going to give anyone shit for their uh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Tommy Pickles. artistic abilities because mine isn't that great, man. So this 1995 one is also interesting. You know, it's got I can tell here this is Luther. It's got a picture of Martin Luther. It's got Cromwell, Calvin and Gustavus. It's got photos of all of them. It's got a chessboard. It's got a uh, looks like an organic compound sign here. It has a small box with the word house, but in German. It's got some a bunch of little spheres with uh, stars in them, reminiscent of Dragon Balls. It's got an equation in here. It's got a bunch of numbers. It, and behind it is is a city map, like an old city map. And then there's a song at the bottom, which I'm sure if you play that conjures the devil or something like that. But yeah, just it's, don't. It, it's a mess. This one's particularly wild. It's and one so, of the more complex so ones. Much to it. Yeah. I don't even like. Where do you begin? You exactly. <laughs> It's information overload, to say the least, and that's why we didn't really dive into some of the more complex ones. But I do want to talk about the May Day ad published in 2020. This is the most recent one. Again, we're all very excited about the coming May Day in just a few weeks from now and what that one might entail. Hold on, record scratch. I just checked my calendar. I pointed to my wrist. I don't know why. May Day is actually this Saturday as of the release of this episode. So, hey, mark your calendars. Wake up bright and early. Everyone go subscribe to the Arizona Daily Wildcat, and uh, let's see if Mayday has another ad. And prepare to be confused. And prepare for complex confusion, okay? You're going to doubt everything you know. I wonder if the smiley face will be back. Oh, he better be. <laughs> Is it a puzzle without the smiley face? <laughs> That's the family crest. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's in the family. Now, let's refer to the Mayday puzzle of last year, in 2020, I should say. There were no images in this particular one, instead it featured a wall of text. The reasoning behind this lack of images was said to be COVID-related. Now, flash forward to August 4th of 2020, there was, in fact, an update 
Now, this one did feature a lot of images on it. From top to bottom, it almost seems like a funneling system, but I'll, I'll kind of describe this very quick update from last August. It features the eye from the dollar bill, you know, the all-seeing eye in the triangle. This tends to be associated with the Illuminati. Below that, again, we have the SR slash CL. And then it says leitmotif, we owe God a death. Below that is a picture of a graveyard, and below that still is a phrase that says, brothers and sisters, colon, orate pro nobis soon, which translates to pray for us soon. Below that still are two pictures of atomic bombs. I should say explosions. They're basically two distinct mushroom clouds separated by a plus sign, kind of like an equation, almost saying this mushroom cloud plus this mushroom cloud. And then it has a bunch of brackets everywhere, but beyond that is a bracket with the date 5 slash 1 slash 98 comma IV, like the Roman numeral 4. And then again, you've got the, the smiley face. Just sitting there chilling in the corner. <laughs> Just sitting there chilling face. in the corner, yeah. And what's interesting about this particular date, I was curious, I was like, why does it say May 1st, 1998? Well, the ad from this particular date is one of the more iconic ones and it is extremely detailed, almost to say like, hey, I gave you a wall of text. Here's my update article. Go back to the 1998 ad and see if there's more information that has yet to be uncovered. Meanwhile, in the margins of this particular post, again, there's some text regarding Luther, some text regarding Cromwell. There's some other dates in there. It's definitely all over the place. Someone's really taking advantage of this full page real estate. This is, I think, the first time where I went from like, ooh, this is interesting to like, ooh, this is a little scary and insane. Well, as always, your gut check seems to be right on cue because now enters oh. <laughs> oh, no. the enigmatic grouping entitled The Orphanage. Oh, God. Now, while tracking down information regarding the Mayday mystery, Hans was able to find out who actually sent and purchase these advertisements. So now we actually know a little bit more about what's going on, or so we think. It all comes down to a Tucson lawyer named Robert Truman Hungerford. Now, Robert was an alumni for the University of Arizona and graduated in 1969, and he has a PhD in theology. So a lot of this seems to make sense to say, all right, it's that guy, boom, case closed. Well, case closed on who's doing it. Uh, outside of the, the puzzle itself, it's still yet to be determined. Now, what's interesting is when Brian Hance reached out to Robert Hungerford about these ads, Robert then responded with some animosity, actually, saying, quote, It is in all likelihood that I am a disturbed, mentally ill person, and these writings are no doubt the ravings of a madman, end quote. So, clearly they're being quite flippant uh, about some serious subject matter, but they're kind of trying to distance themselves from the language. They're basically saying, like, if this was me, then clearly I'm mad and you shouldn't listen to me. I'm just a madman, they say. But what's interesting is that Hans found that Hungerford is most likely an intermediary between the newspaper and a group or individual known as the orphanage. Now, what's interesting is they tend to refer to themselves in the third person in these advertisements. The orphanage is a group or person Whoever they are, they're the ones behind the Mayday mystery. And it's worth noting that the orphanage was first mentioned in the February 8th, 1989 update. So they weren't first mentioned in any of the previous Mayday main puzzles, but they were finally discussed for the first time in an update in 1989. 
Now, what's interesting as well is that Brian obviously made this website in order to track all of these ads and try to figure out what the heck is going on here. Well, the orphanage began reaching out to and contacting Hans and other active members of the Mayday site forums. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I don't want... <laughs> all right, now we're getting, like, activity. Yup. I mean, you know, there was the activity with the... With the art, you know, the advertisements and whatnot. Now it's just like hyperactive. Oh yeah, we're we're on the downward slope here. So the orphanage is providing hints and often encouraging other sleuths to start working harder, basically saying there is a solve to this. There is a point to this. Go after it. This is really where the cicada vibes start to come back because whoever or whatever was behind cicada had some similar language where they were like. They would nudge you to a certain direction and kind of let you go. For example, they told Hans that he needs to improve his Hebrew and that solvers should work from outside borders of the puzzles inward. Basically working from the edges of the page into the middle. I don't know, like <laughs> the the beginning of this I would have been like, ooh, that's awesome. They're actually like, you know, trying to put you on the right track and make sure, you know, you kind of are able to solve it. Now, I don't want to know if this should be solved or not. Right. This is taking like such a such a dark turn. Potentially dark turn. Yeah, man. It all depends on whoever this orphanage is and what they're after. Or or maybe this Robert Hungerford is still totally involved and maybe they are synonymous with the orphanage. Uh, I don't know. The thing, too, is that this has been going on for so long. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was thinking earlier like okay it's passed on you know within i don't know generations or whatever within uh, a household but i mean yeah it very well could be an organization mm -hmm. haven't like heard anything beyond it so it's just like what like what are they trying to accomplish right and if i haven't really heard much oh god my head is like trying to wrap it's going so many different directions if I, you know it's like are they it doesn't seem like they're accomplishing anything or maybe they are doing it so well that it's not something that is, you know, even hinted at or seen by the public because this doesn't seem like something that's so big. It's interesting that they're working through a lawyer, right? Even if this lawyer has graduated in a time from this university, no less, but they graduated in a time that they could be involved here, especially with their doctorate in theology. But Regarding their intentions, supposedly the orphanage had reached out to Hans in order to clarify what their intentions were around the ads. Now, this is obviously filtered through Brian Hans, and so these are his words, but what he had to say regarding their intent was, quote, they say it is not a game. They say it has some sort of cause. They say it is not necessarily Tucson-centric, and they say we're getting there, but they pointed out some large errors and missing portions, clarifying a few wrong assumptions. So this is really what dumped fuel on this fire, because as you and I kind of had the inclination, they were like, well, maybe this is just some odds and ends. Somebody, somebody posted yeah. some weird stuff. But the fact is like, there are other real world people involved. We at least have this Robert guy. And then we have this mysterious organization who has then come forward and they're stoking the flames and they're saying, nope, there's definitely something here. Man, this feels like a very big effort, a very long, continuous effort, no less. And this is what really got people to sink their teeth in even deeper. You know, I, I mean, I get it because, I mean, now that the fact that we're adding a lawyer, 
I just feel like just follow that trail, right? Like, I don't, man. Yeah, I guess it's just like one of those things where I guess it's very ominous and nothing really illegal is going on. Mm-hmm. So why would the authorities follow this trail, spend the time and effort to do so? Oh, yeah. The cops would come in, kind of hang their hat, turn around, take the hat and walk. There's nothing, you know, nothing evil here. Nothing, no wrongdoing. But it is very strange. And the more Hans kind of dove into this mystery, he started receiving calls. Not only is the orphanage interacting with his website and talking to the more prolific users, Hans himself started receiving calls from people who he assumed were clearly reading from scripts because of the way they spoke. Each of these calls tended to tell him that a new ad would be on the way, and they often used the phrase, quote, at this juncture of space and time. And when he didn't upload the ads to the website very quickly, right, when he delayed, because that's just a passive hobby, he would get even more messages from these folks. Basically, by chasing down the solution and bringing light to the Mayday mystery, he essentially was becoming part of the puzzle itself. So the more he dove in, the more the orphanage was making him stay involved. If he was delaying, they would message him a lot and say, hey, where is it? Where is it? Where's the discussion? Where, where's the ad? You need to get in there. And so that's where it starts to get kind of strange. Yeah. It's far from being just kind of like a passive thing to very, very active mm-hmm. in a terrifying way, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. In fact, this group, whoever they were, had sent countless emails and at least 50 different strange deliveries to Hans's P.O. box and place of work. So they know where he works and they also have his P.O. box. I don't know if he made this available to them or what, but a lot of these deliveries included rare coins and stamps. Stamps are back on the menu. Oh, there we go. A nine volt battery, some CDs, right? Here's my mixtape and and a nine volt just for, you know, whatever. Copies of the ads themselves, a brain sculpted out of chocolate, money from various currencies, and sometimes with puzzling notes in addition to those items. In 1999, after mentioned being sick on the website, Hans actually received a get well soon card. So again, it, it just solidifies that even if this is aimless, even if this puzzle has no real direction, someone or some group is actively paying attention to all of this and stoking the flames and keeping it going uh, for a long time, man. Yeah, like, this is the long game here. I mean, it's it appears to be ramping up, but, like, whoo. I mean, at this point, right, you've got to think this has been passed, whether it's a group or or, or not, you've got to think at this point it's been passed on from generation to generation. I think Maybe. Think, I, I think stuff like this is, like, yeah, it's true, like, 40 years is, you, know, you could just be keep, you, just, you could just keep it up. Hmm. I don't know, man, especially if they're referring to themselves as a group. Yeah. Like, how do you keep everyone in line? I, I, I don't know, man. I, I have to feel like, I don't know. We'll, we'll dive more into it with the, with the theories. But, you know, we're talking a lot about Hans and a lot of Hans's experience. Obviously, they're at, kind of at the center of this with their website and how they're kind of being pulled into the mystery. Aha! Let me just open this briefcase. Oh, that's the sound. The sound of a nice leather briefcase opening up with all the business inside. That's right. I'm all about business. You know me. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. It is Trevor once again with those housekeeping notes or whatever. Whatever you want to call them. Maybe they're just like little tidbits, little bits between the mysteries 
You know, thank you all so much for, for continuing to support the show via the merch and all that. Store.roosterteeth.com. We've got the Task Force merch. You guys have been showing us on social. All of the, uh, you, man, you had like somebody, somebody came up with some outfits around the pin. And so you're like creating this whole like this universe around the Task Force. I love it. There's some fan art around what the Task Force badge should look like. Somebody cited us in a research paper in an actual like high level course, dude. Thank you all so much. But anyway, got some sponsors to talk about. This episode of Red Web is brought to you by Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger is the beer that doesn't take itself too seriously, and neither should you. Each can has a great, unique design, and they do not disappoint. I really enjoy the Captain Dynamite and Imperial IPA that I had a chance to try out when they sent me a little sampler pack of those flavors. And they're quite nice, especially if you like those hoppy flavors. Uh, but they always try to keep you on your toes with the different flavors all the time. So you should always give them a check. Every, every few months, give it a little check, see what other flavors they got in there. But Captain Dynamite is locked, stocked, and fully hopped. It's a hazy IPA that explodes with tropical citrus flavors and aromas. And the Imperial IPA is a rare blend of choice hops and complex, rich flavors. Lots of beers for you to enjoy. Those are the ones that I have been uh, sipping on lately. But like I said, they always have different flavors out. So you should check out their website or their Instagram or Twitter handle at Voodoo Ranger to see what else they got going on. Sometimes they do polls to see what flavors should be their flavor of the month. So anyway, visit at Voodoo Ranger on Instagram and Twitter if you want to learn more and live rangerously. Red Web is also brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. A lot of us take care of our bodies, but 2020 and 2021 have been reminders that we might also want to take care of our minds. When everyone is struggling with something, there's no more shame. You don't have to tell everyone your personal business, but you can talk to a therapist about it privately. I was able to use their website to kind of get to the bottom of things, right? They have a quiz for you that's super easy to use to figure out how they can help you in whatever specific instance that you're in. Whether you're looking for yourself or maybe uh, yourself and a partner or maybe your child, they have a lot of different opportunities to help yourself. And so I went through that quiz. It's very easy to do and I encourage you to do so if this is something you're interested in. Take a look at their quiz and see how they can help you out. It's all based on your specific needs, and I find that to be very helpful. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Red Web listeners, that's you, get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash redweb. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash redweb. Get yourself some 10% off, treat yourself, treat your mind, and take care of yourself, you know, look after yourself. Anyway, with all of that said, let's dive back into the mystery. I want to jump to a different individual for just a second, and this person is a TikTok creator named Rachel Farrow, aka Portraits of Ghosts. Rachel has also received attention from the orphanage. This information was actually provided to us here at Red Web by a listener on Reddit with the username Local Corpse Babe. So thank you so much for sending this our way. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, but Rachel, going back to you know TikTok, researched the mystery during college and made some YouTube videos about the topic. 
Now, when it comes to these videos, there were a lot of comments left by throwaway accounts, basically accounts that had no history. They were just created for these comments. And two of them are as follows. One, the day you see the door will be the day you come inside. And two, your subconscious rejects the main theme. Very cryptic. But since these commenters seemed to know about this mystery, you know, she started asking for more information and found out that they were supposedly children of this orphanage. So whoever is in this orphanage, they refer to themselves as children. As if it couldn't get any weirder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. But Robert Hungerford, right? The Tucson lawyer, the potential contact for this orphanage, emailed Rachel with information and advice. Robert told Rachel's audience to focus on the May Day site, quote, which has the original documentin and the forum comments. Now, I don't know why in particular he said documentation as in a German way, but I wanted to kind of note that. What if it was just to like throw you off? Maybe. I mean, it's, it's kind of in line with these ads because they kind of use various languages, including German. So just, just a quick Google search at that point. It's a quick Google search. I feel like Robert's involved, man. I think it's just him. I think he's a goofball, and I think it's him. I think he's goofing? He's goofing on a weird level. Oh, yeah. But Robert also told Rachel to ask Brian Hance about forum user Repub Girl, who was once very active on the Mayday website and also received emails from the orphanage. But all of this came with the orphanage wanting Rachel to continue talking about the Mayday mystery, so she was also being pulled into this mystery as well. Rachel received many strange emails as a result of her videos and decided to take them down. Hungerford noticed and asked about the missing videos, and she started to realize that once you start talking about the Mayday mystery, the orphanage wanted you to continue talking about the Mayday mystery. Shut it down. Stop the recording. Don't release I got release you. This. I got Don't you 52 this. minutes in. This was the damn <laughs> This was the damn bait. I, I, took I strapped it. you in. I was oh, going to warn you and I did Come on, dude. Come on. Here's the thing. If we never talk about it again. I knew. No. The thing is, we already did. We already did. And you guess, and guess what? <laughs> I knew I knew there'd be an episode where we would fly too close to the sun. And this is it. <laughs> this is the damn. Oh, how do you hit me with that? Hey, how Christian, do you hit me with it? I've got hey, you for 52 minutes. We need uh, redweb at roosterteeth.com. Send it all there. It all funnels directly to the trash bin. That is. Uh, <laughs> I feel kind of bad. I feel kind of bad. You should. Because, yeah, it, it, uh, this is definitely strange, you know, and, and, but it's, <laughs> it's, it tends to be people that continuously talk about this. I don't I don't think we're going to make a series out of the May Day series. I mean, unless you're open to it, we could dive right in there. But it is very strange that a couple of key players have continuously talked about this or studied this in a public way. Right. She had a video series going on about it. Hans has his website going on about it that they kind of reach out. And once you respond back to it, you're almost kind of in this loop. And obviously, you know, it's a bit spooky at that point. Rachel backed out. Hungerford then came forward and said, hey, why are you doing this? It just feels so much to me like Hungerford is this supposed the orphanage. And if yeah. that's true, I'm doing some quick mental math. He graduated with a Ph.D. in 1969. It was 52 years ago. You graduate with a Ph.D. in your mid to late 20s. So, you know, this guy's you know, set the genarian. He's pushing 80 more Ooh. or less at this point. Ooh. So it's possible that this guy is the guy. 
that there is no orphanage, that that is just kind of part of this weird thing he's outlining. And and it could just be, you know, the ramblings of a, of a theologist. You know, he might just have opinions he wants to get out there, food for thought. I, I don't know. But that's what we know about the Mayday mystery all the way up until now, minus some uh, some more specific details, obviously, but then become the theories. Yeah, let's let's crack open the theories. I feel like you're trying to race out of this episode. <laughs> I feel like you're just trying to like, all right, the end. Can't believe, can't believe the other foot dropped and that was that was nuts. <laughs> But you're good, right? We like if you don't want me to put this out, we can. No, scrub no, this. we're good, we're good. Let's I just, really mean just, that. No, no, no. I know you do. Let's <laughs> just let's just keep going. Because <laughs> I, I was gonna say something at the top, and I just totally forgot. I was like, "Listen, I strapped you into a chair that you don't know what you're dealing with." Yeah, audience, we wouldn't put out something that we weren't comfortable with putting out. I, I want you to know that. <laughs> yeah, just really fine. Wait, wait, why? <laughs> I mean, if they reach out, I mean, I've, I've, I've contacted, you know, the, the dream surveys that we talked about, I've been reached out to them before, you know, that's, that's kind of part of this a little bit, but you know, I'll, I'll save you from that. Uh, Definitely. And it's, it, no, and it's, it's, it would be more so just like, Hey, keep talking about it. You know, if that that. isn't to say like, Hey, you know, better, you should know. I'm just saying like that can happen, but I'll be your buffer. I'll be the guy that sticks my head up in the attic at the beginning of the movie. Look, I'll be the one that stands behind you and then just like jumps over your shoulder and just yells, yeah, man, back off. Scared him. And then and then jump back behind behind (laughs) you. So that's all we know about the Mayday mystery, more or less up into this point. It is frustratingly mysterious, right, as as are many of these topics. And someday soon we'll we'll start to uncover some of the mysteries that do have answers. I know we we've done a, a couple that are solved, such as the ARG episode not too long ago. But someday, you know, I'll surprise you with a, a more positive turn where there will suddenly <laughs> be a solution at the end. Uh and 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 we can all go home happy. But you know, this one's so intriguing to me because it seems like the closer you look, on the surface it's like, oh this is so simple. Case closed, whatever. You know, you want to dismiss it, but the closer you look, it starts to honestly get a little bit creepier and a little bit more spooky and a little bit more, I don't know what the heck is going on here, but I'm intrigued. Exactly. Like, I think like when you really take a step back and compare this to other episodes, you just kind of go, well, I mean, it's, it's simple. But then again, you know, because we've had so many cases, you know, like the, uh, the other one that we did recently with the, uh, the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. That just seems so much more complex than, than this. But at the same time, just the level of like intrigue and I don't know, just enough to like hook you and then really wanting to find out more. And, and the fact that I don't know, it's just so interesting that every year for 40 years and like I said before, the fact that, you know, technology has grown and you haven't really seen too much of an advancement in terms of the puzzles. So you would think at this point, like with the help of like AI and, and technology, that you'd be able to backtrack some of these puzzles and, and crack them. That's and, true. And then we and then the further we get, right, the the more active uh these puzzles become. I don't know. I yeah. think there's a lot of like dare I say like beauty to this. 
And there's um, a lot of poetry in this one, yeah, for, sure. for sure. And I think that's what makes it more complicated because Cicada has like path after path after coded image after coded message after whatever. And you mm-hmm. can kind of solve that. But this one is almost like interpreting poetry, right? This is, it, it's like, it's more language based and it's a little bit more interpretation based. And I can imagine that's why it's so difficult because it is so interpretive that you can't just plug it into a computer and have it crunch it out. But you know, this one, this, this whole episode does remind me of a meme that was posted on Reddit with you in it by user muffin, the man 35. And it's from knives out, but it's got you as Daniel Craig. It says it makes no damn sense. Compels me though. It does. <laughs> that I mean, people. Yeah, I've seen that, and I laugh it's every so time because that's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, I I don't get it at all. I'm I'm confused. But my God, tell me more. Tell me <laughs> right. more. Well, let's dive into the theories that attempt to address what's going on here. Obviously, there are a lot of details in a lot of these ads, so we're not going to be able to cover every single possible theory in a specific way, so we're going to address it more in a topical way. And the first theory that I want to discuss is that this is some sort of political or religious message, because a lot of the main puzzles that are printed on May, on May 1st, aka May Day, seem to have political intentions and a lot of religious subtext or or just overt text (laughs) um but going into may day itself which is in that first documented puzzle it's the name for a couple different holidays that also occur on may 1st the name originally comes from the traditional holiday celebrating spring but in 1889 may day also became known as international workers day in honor of the haymarket affair evolving from the fight for the eight-hour workday now this took place 10 years to the day before the Daily Wildcat began printing. Back, like I said, in 1899 is when the paper Mm. began. So International Workers' Day is essentially a celebration of the working class's contributions and is celebrated all over the world. And so there's a possibility here that there is some meaning behind these puzzles related to perhaps the working class, perhaps the eight-hour workday, perhaps it is a statement of political intent just uh, around the climate of the time, but it has been going for decades. And so maybe this is just a coded opinion. Yeah, it could just be a coded opinion, but it's also very likely that there are religious messages in these texts, considering the fact that we have a lot of religious figures and a lot of reformist figures in a lot of these different ads, such as Cromwell, Adolphus, Luther, and Calvin, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, in August of 2002, there was a forum user named Bob who wrote a lengthy theory that fueled a lot of this further research regarding the religious aspect of these posts. Bob noticed that their ads seemed to carry a lot of anti-Catholic messaging or subtext. So with regards to that, Bob wrote that the feeling was reinforced when the orphanage went out of its way to declare in response to a post about another ad, they declared this, quote, in regard to the announcement of 28 August 1991, be assured that no reference was ever intended or implied to John Fitzgerald Kennedy. No participant in the cause would ever, under any conditions or circumstances, make a favorable allusion to John F. Kennedy. It's worth noting that JFK was the first Catholic president of the United States and was known for being relatively religious, actually, rarely missing Sunday Mass. And so in this way, we immediately have political notions and religious notions, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, it's yet to be determined what exactly 
the message is outside of potentially anti-Catholic or anti or some sort of political propaganda in some way. But it's heavily coded, so I feel like it's not going to be very effective in that sense. But maybe that's what they're looking for. They The propaganda will propagate by way of being very confusing. And when people finally decode it, all of this very confusing but prolific messaging will be in front of people. Rather than just putting out a flyer that says, rah, 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 anti-JFK, rah, 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 anti-Catholicism, that might not get any groundwork or might not spread very far. So maybe this is like an early version of a viral campaign with some just negative opinions, just some really crap opinions, you know? I think the only thing that kind of like pushes me away from that is just the fact it's been going on for 40 years. Mm. Like at, at what point do you just give it up? Yeah, kind of, or just, or just like really busted wide open, right? Like you're, you're gaining this sort of traction, um, right? I don't know. You got to think it'd be soon. I think the person would probably want to see it during their lifetime or something like that. I don't know. Like, yeah, if you if you feel really strongly about sending a message out there, yeah, I mean, at kind of what point do you pop the bubble? Hey, man, if this is their message, they can kindly keep it to themselves. I, yeah, it's just, but you're right. If, if you've got a point, if you've got something behind this, you know, this is your life's work. Maybe you, maybe you like that. It's so cryptic then. Okay. But if you really were out here trying to make a change or make a stance, whether it's this messaging or other messaging, you would think that they would come forward and be like, Hey, this is all about how subway has $5 footlongs. Just wanted to clarify, <laughs> go get them, you know, like, <laughs> But one last note on this that I found interesting because every year this tends to come out, it seems that they did skip one year. And that year was 2013. And that's the same year. And this is pointed out by Reddit user Miwa in reply to Bob's post. But that was the same year that a Jesuit Pope was appointed and that was Pope Francis. And so I'm not sure if that was another statement in and of itself that when that May Day came along, there was no advertisement for that year. Maybe it was in support, or maybe it was in opposition, or maybe it was just coincidence, but it's interesting nonetheless. And the last note, just kind of on this theory, is that the pagan holiday Beltane also falls on May 1st. So there's really a lot of possible things that we could try to attach this mystery to, but it kind of becomes difficult with su such cryptic messaging and, and no real overt clues and no confirmations and no solutions. It's it's just kind of, we can throw these all around and say, these kind of connect, but it's hard to say definitively. But there comes the second theory, which kind of builds off the first in that this is actually a secret society or a cult of some kind, because these puzzles obviously require a high level of knowledge in a ton of different subjects in order to solve them. And it's worth noting that these obviously started at least on record in 1981, way before the internet. And so in order to have this information, one would have to be considerably smart, right? Considerably well-read or have a load of encyclopedia and time on their hands to put these puzzles together. And so maybe they were out here trying to identify other individuals that could crack the code, yeah. join the secret society known as the orphanage. And this is how they recruited members or they communicated with members or, or something. But they did allude to the fact that it wasn't necessarily Tucson-centric, despite the fact that this is where the paper was. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that is always weird to me because it's, it's in terms of like, oh, it's a way to recruit. Simply because 
you I, mean, I guess you can control how much information that they get it's just the chances of finding like-minded people that are also like super smart mm -hmm. i would assume you get a handful of people there's like cracked it oh yeah no i'm out <laughs> right oh <laughs> now you're part of the mystery come on through no no uh, no, no, no no good pass what's interesting to me and what comes to mind is you know this hungerford guy you know he he went to this university i'm curious if he was in a fraternity because what if he started this or what if this is like just something he was big on but I wouldn't be surprised if this was something that was passed down and kept very hush-hush in a fraternity setting. So that way you could keep this going on and on and on. And maybe that's oh. why it's centered on this particular newspaper. So not necessarily a secret society or a cult, but it could be like a secret fraternity sort of thing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be nefarious. It could just be something they do every year. It really doesn't. And like, <laughs> that's the thing about like all of these, like a lot of these conspiracies and stuff like that. Where I'm just like, Man, what if it's just someone trolling? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. dude, we're all getting got. We're getting got. While we're here spending time and effort to get to dive into this, we're just getting got. Right. Well, I mean, that kind of tracks with what he was saying. Is like, it's not necessarily Tucson-centric. You know, a lot of alma mater and fraternity brothers could be elsewhere in the States by now or the world. But yeah, I mean, Hungerford told Phoenix Magazine that... There is a society behind it and that this is the unveiling of the program that deals with future events. But it is also worth noting that Hungerford has made a lot of conflicting statements. And so perhaps they're just adding fuel to the flame, trying to get people to continue talking about it. Perhaps they're eking in some of the reality, some of the facts, but littering in a bunch of counter statements to kind of muddy the waters. I, I don't know. Another reason why people seem to think that there is a secret society involved is because many of the ads feature coordinates, which could be the location of secret meetings and the coded messages that are within the puzzle or the gematria that we talked about earlier could be when these meetings occur. So they could be secret ways to say, hey, if you're reading this and you're part of the society or whatever, you know where in this to look to identify where the meeting is happening and when it's happening. And so there's some sort of secret communication involved. I mean, at this point, why continue to do you, you, you got to think someone would be like, okay, time to do away with the old ways. We've got the internet. And right. We've got email. Yeah. Just subscribe to my email list and we'll just tell you no puzzles anymore. Someone's just like, no, we've done it this way for 40 years. Right. Well, maybe it's the chess club and they're like, we like puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I play chess. I know that you don't all talk like that. That's weird. Hey, uh, <laughs> yes, a chess player. Committee. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, that does sound silly, but there's something to that. You know, they, they could just be a group of knowledgeable individuals, men and women, that are just like out here having a good time. And this is just how they communicate in a way. And this is uh, something that they continue doing because they've always done it. But, you know, of course, the Illuminati gets involved because there's a lot of Illuminati symbology throughout several of these ads. So people are saying, well, maybe the Illuminati is involved. But it is also worth mentioning that whoever's behind this could simply just be leaning into the Illuminati thing. I mean, the Illuminati is such a big, widespread, everyone knows about it sort of mystery. Uh, a lot of people have different interpretations of what it is or who they are or what they're about. And so 
you know, maybe the whoever's behind this, the orphanage, is just leaning into the fact that the Illuminati is so prolific in order to get some traction themselves. So it's really hard to say if it is in fact part of that or if they're just lifting some of their icons and imagery, but it's worth noting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. You could take that so many different ways, right? It's like the Illuminati exists and it's so uh, big bad Illuminati and this seems very, uh, I don't know, small scale. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> look, my brain, again, going a ton of different ways. It's just like, oh, here's the um, here's the intern. Give him this job to recruit our little like intern job of like puzzles and recruitment. <laughs> right, right. That we've had going on for 40 years. Who knows, man? It's a lot of weird stuff. It's very weird. But kind of in the same vein as the Illuminati. There's some more uh, intriguing information here. So when you Google the name Robert Hungerford, one of the first links is to a Wikipedia page for Robert Hungerford III, Baron Hungerford. Hungerford, Hungerford, either way. This person was a Lancastrian and fought in the War of the Roses. The Lancastrians may have connections to the Freemasons, which is uh, Illuminati parallel. Some consider it to be the same, some consider it to be relative or relevant to it. Um, but again, another total genre and topic for another day, I guess. But coming back to Rachel Farrow, the TikTok creator, she has been in contact with the lawyer Robert Hungerford since the creation of their original YouTube videos. And because the name is so similar, Rachel actually straight up asked, hey, are you related to this Baron? Is this, is this anything to do with you? And Robert responded, direct, patrilineal, basically saying, yes, on my father's side directly. Oh. Mm-hmm. And a, so, okay. you know, maybe there's some Freemason connection there, some Illuminati kind of like, you know, something mysterious going on. So before I go any further real quick, I do want to mention that Freemasons as a subject, I find personally very intriguing. I'm not going to crack into it. It's a very broad topic, but it is essentially a historic secret society or not so secret society. A lot of former presidents and politicians were supposedly part of the Freemasons, and there's a lot of other theories. Maybe someday we'll discuss that as its own topic, but it's very interesting. But with that said, that kind of sets the groundwork for what's to come. So Rachel, in continuing to talk to Hungerford, uh, was actually sent the lawyer's dissertation. And the biggest takeaway from this dissertation that Rachel had was that it dealt with the study of influencing children to become Protestant Christians. Oh God. Yeah. Another kind of portion of the Freemason ideology is that it's heavily religious. There is Christianity within that. And I'm, I'm super simplifying, but it has to do with religion. And that's why this is kind of interesting. All these moving parts are coming together. Kind of in continuing to look into this dissertation, it seems to be that once kids are supposedly taught about a concept, they start to ask questions. So she is theorizing, right? I mean, that makes sense. As mm -hmm. you find out more, you ask more because you recognize the limitation of your own knowledge. Now she's theorizing that Hungerford is behind the ads himself and that these ads are actually a way of enacting his thesis. Remember, he was a PhD student of theology. Now, once you start looking into these ads, you have more and more questions and you keep finding new connections and then you start to spread it. And then people like you and I, Fredo, start talking yep. about it and it spreads like wildfire. And these ads are supposedly so complicated because that complication creates interest. And eventually, possibly, they might brainwash somebody into their particular religion or some sort of cult or some 
theology of some sort. Whatever the motive is, is yet to be determined. But I find Rachel's thesis on this to be very strong. I think that is very compelling. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, wow, it's a lot of effort, though, just to get someone else. It really is. It, I mean, you really have to believe in something and to go out in this sort of way, especially through a specific school paper. But, I mean, it makes you think of other things, you know, like, like flat earthers. Not necessarily a cult, or but it is kind of a society. It is a community. And, you know, things start to be a little vague. And, and uh, I mean, another one is like ancient astronaut theorists. I think that's an even better example because so much of that is just like throwing things at the wall and recasting yeah. history and whatnot. And it makes you ask a bunch of questions. And so the more questions you ask, the more contrived answers they have and, and it starts to sound more compelling. And so you start to mm -hmm. fall into this and then you're deeply ingrained into this community. And I've listened to ex flat earthers and, and, you know, people that used to believe in ancient astronauts and, they, and they're, they're afraid of leaving that community because they don't want to be excommunicated. They've already been excommunicated with maybe their families. And so you get ostracized and you feel alone. Right. So you almost feel trapped in this grouping. And furthermore, whoever this, the orphanage is, is pressuring these folks to continue talking about it. So there's definitely some sort of cultish mentality to keep the ball rolling. I agree. And I'm just going to say it now, Fredo, we're not talking about this again. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. And that's that episode. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if anybody reaches out, cool, thanks. We're not talking anymore about yeah, this. We're not spreading we're, this. If you've got some sort of like weird good. negative motive, I don't know. Man, it, I say this, you know, about a handful of episodes, but this really kind of just unfolded into I didn't think we'd get to the cult. You know what I mean? Right. I was it's, like, yeah. oh, there's just like one person doing this. And then it just kind of got really off the rails, like many of these stories do. <laughs> but I just didn't expect it to be a, a cult thing. Right. I mean, it's very strange. You know, it reminds me of Lake City Quiet Pills, our first right. episode, our piloting episode, in that on the surface, and I think that's what I love and hate and fear so much about internet mysteries like this one has become, is that on the surface, it feels so mundane. The internet is so recognizable and almost comfortable to everybody. You just know what it is. You use it all the time. And so when you see something like this, you're just kind of like, ah, whatever, you know, just dismiss it. But then when you start to look really deep, it gets, it yeah. gets kind of strange and, and in a spooky way. And I feel like that's what really draws me to these, but also makes me go, ah, I'm going to close Google for tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you only want to get so involved. Right. So that theory I find very compelling, just to say the least. I think that that is one that I would subscribe to the most, but also incites the most fear in me personally. But the next most leading theory is that this is actually just Brian Hans himself, that he is the one behind the Mayday mystery and all of the ads, that he is either the person or one of the folks that takes part in this organization called The Orphanage. So while the ads go back to at least 1981, when Hans would have been a child, it is possible that after joining the Daily Wildcat that he took on the tradition of continuing the Mayday ads. Because clearly, Brian, whether by luck or circumstance, was the one who identified this trend and popularized it in a way. As an early computer science student, he actually had the technology and the forethought to consider archiving these ads online, which is, 
you know, in the mid nineties, definitely uh, bleeding edge. Mm -hmm. On the website, Hans seems to be kind of annoyed with the mystery and wishes that he never investigated it, or at least that's the kind of air that you get from his messaging. But this could be a couple different things. It could be him trying to distance himself from the project, or it could be that he's frustrated with how the project has grown simply beyond sharing a mystery, and now they're at the center, right? Their website has become the center of this question mark, that this has become a part-time job for them, and that 20 years on, 30 years on from when they started college, they're still dealing with this. And to reflect back on the cult idea, you know, feeling pressured into it. Perhaps they are entrenched in this in, in an unimpeachable way, right? That they are locked in. And I can imagine the frustration of that or even the fear of that if you don't really know what you're dealing with. Yeah, uh, just what a weird way to like, I don't know, like if you're a cult to each cult their own, but it just seems like such a hard barrier of entry. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. It, it, you want to recruit people. You want to get your message out there. It kind of just, that's what kind of the cult, a cult feels like to me. And so it's just like, I don't know. Why be so difficult and slash select? I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just uh, like, it does feel, a lot of aspects of this does feel kind of cultish, but it's just weird because you would think you they would just want to take in as many people as possible. And it just, so many people wouldn't be able to get the message that you're trying to send to as well. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. You would think that there would have to be at least an answer rather than a bunch of theories, whether it was proven or not. Like, you need to have some sort of hook at the end of the line in order to, if you're a cult, really capture people. But maybe it's that bottomless pit. Maybe the fact that there is no answer is what continues to funnel people into the system, right? True. It's, it's you know, it's, it's just hard to say. Yeah, maybe there are a handful of people that are being funneled in and we just... Yeah, we just don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, with all of that said, this kind of brings us to our more generic but ultimate theory, right? That this is just a puzzle. You know, many people do consider this to just be a strange puzzle. Uh, you know, an advanced one at that, but with no ulterior motives. That the religious text, the political text, and all those themes just serve to add a feeling of mystery, which is totally possible. I mean, this is something that you and I were just discussing. I, I feel like if someone was just trying to do a puzzle, they wouldn't have that mindset of kind of making it off-putting by being mm. like dangerous and confrontational in a sense with like all the religious stuff. True. Unless they just had a problematic set of opinions, you know, True. It's, yeah. it's hard to say. Man, you can just go so many different ways with, with all these things. But yeah, I mean, that's just what my gut's telling me. Yeah. I mean, if there's no ulterior motives, you know, folks that believe that this is just a puzzle would think that the the lawyer would just be messing with students at his former university which is great cool thumbs up get a get up maybe a different hobby now it's been a while <laughs> man you know you're pushing 80 loosely i'm yeah. just guessing here it's it's fine i mean i don't know if you want to do that <laughs> i don't know if i believe that it's just a puzzle because of how long it's been going on i don't think so either and honestly i feel like at, at some point someone would take credit for it because if it's just a puzzle then you know I don't know. You've been doing it for 40 years. At what point do you go, okay, hey, I was doing this. It was fun. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. something I didn't know, but to close out the idea that this is a puzzle, but not just a puzzle, but to confirm that this is likely a puzzle created by Hungerford, turns out that he is actually a member of Mensa and his interests, as we kind of already knew, 
were very much in the same vein as these puzzles, philosophy, math, theology, etc. So it seems very likely, regardless of this being just a puzzle or being a cult sort of thing or whatever, to me, that Hungerford is the one at the center of this, not just an intermediary between the organization known as the Orphanage and the newspaper. Right. It feels like it is them, that they are the key player and maybe there's some other people. Yeah. Especially since... I can see that. Yeah, especially since like they reach out and they go, oh yeah, so uh, uh, why didn't you post the ad yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And as soon as videos go down, they're on top of it, like... I don't know. They're very involved. Oh, yeah. Very involved. Oddly, like, publicly involved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, just follow the trail. That's where we we say it every once in a while. I mean, every once in a while. We probably say it almost every other episode now. But, like, send the task force in, man. Send them in. That's where you start. That's where you start. (laughs) That's a a good reminder. I do want to address something because this is coming on the aft end of the Martin episode. Very intriguing. turns out there's a lot of folks excited about that one. I think we got the, the the subreddit turned private. Now, I did mention in that episode, oh. you know, tread with care, maybe look from afar. Don't, you know, ruin people's fun if there is fun to be had. Or if it is a, like a deeper, more nefarious mystery, be careful, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say when it comes to Mayday, maybe do stay from, like, watch from afar because Hungerford is claiming that everything that you need to solve the puzzle is in fact on that website. That you can go there, you can check out everything you need to know. But, you know, it's been 40 years and it's still unanswered. It's still unsolved. So all we can really do is as a task force, head to the site, maybe take a look, pull it apart and and get in there and maybe be active in that way. But from a safe distance, you know, recognize there's other people on the net. Maybe this is also uh, maybe not a mystery to be solved. I don't know. It's just it's hard to say. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, these are especially the Internet ones. I I love the fact that we can dive in there as the task force and try to solve things. But, you know, let's make sure that we keep the boundaries. I don't know, because I don't really know exactly what went down. I think maybe they just privated it because they saw the huge influx of people saying, hey, we're in the task force. But I just wanted to mention it. This isn't like a reprimand or anything. (laughs) We're the task force. (laughs) Yeah. Help it up, task force. (laughs) You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you're trying to coax a, a stray puppy and like over to you so you can save it, you don't want to like come running at him and saying like, I'm the task force yeah, because uh, the puppy might run. But anyway, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, we made an impact in some way. Uh, but I don't know if it's positive or not. I don't know what I'm saying. I, this sounds like I'm scolding people. I, I just wanted to point it out and, and, you know, just just mention that so we, we can kind of be thoughtful when yeah. we step into these mysteries. Both on one hand. To be, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and represent well and carefully. Yeah. Not if if not to protect your your wellness and your health and safety, to protect whatever story is going on at hand. It all depends on which side you sub- subscribe to when it comes to the theories. And with all that said, all that out of the way, Fredo, I will see you right here next week for another mystery. Or you won't, because I'll get a message and I'll be out. <laughs> <laughs> Quit. Goodbye. Goodbye.